This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Here he is, our brilliant Monday morning guest, Edmund Review, political NBC contributor, does his best work right here, 740, every Monday morning. The great Rich Lowry. Good morning, Richard. Richard. Hey. How's it going? You know, oh, robo, robo umps are inevitable. They shouldn't stand in the way of progress. <laughs> it's I true. Could... Like, why do we have, uh, you know, we have it in tennis, you know, when a ball is in or out. Why, why do we rely, rely on the human eye, which is so often wrong? I'm it's like, tradition. Really tradition. important. I'm with Bernie. It's tradition. Baseball <laughs> needs to fat, be. Fat umps. Exactly. Fat umps. If you, want to, you can right. have a fat guy stand back there, but just, just have a robot make the call. <laughs> do you, like no, you, you really feel that way? I do, yeah. I've wow. been a favorite robo, robo umps forever. Oh my God! Um, just because you know, why have a you know? There's a whole art of a catcher framing a pitch, which is just like getting a ball called a strike, and and sometimes it really matters. So why? I mean, huh? we don't need to. We don't need that. All right, fair. Catcher. I mean, you make a fair point. Sometimes they blow a call or a strike. It could blow a whole World Series over that. So it's it's a fair point. I just like the human aspect. I like humans. You know, we live amongst humans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all kind of people here. So um, you really, you really like humans? Are you sure about that? No, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No. And I have to tell you, one human in particular is really starting to bother me, you, Bernie, and any any decent person around the world, and that's Vladimir Putin. And you keep hearing the same thing, Rich. He's gone from a guy that had it all, billions of dollars, even had the respect of all of his enemies. I had no issue calling him a smart guy to now a guy that everybody says the same thing. He's gone mad. He's gone crazy. He's unpredictable. World War Three, nuclear war. Who knows? What is your take on Putin today. Well, I don't know whether he's crazy. Um, he, he's he's a uh, brutal monster, and you know I think he's just going to grind it away in Ukraine. I, I had thought for a couple of weeks that eventually just tanks would roll into Kiev. I still think that, but I don't think it's going to happen soon. And I think if it does, you know, it's going to ha- take a month. It's going to take a two two month fight for that city. That's basically going to destroy it. I mean, w- we won't have seen anything in Europe like that since World War II, a major capital city basically reduced to, to rubble. And then I guess when he takes it, then he might turn around and say, well, either I'm just taking all of Ukraine or, okay, I'm here, I won, and now let's strike a deal you know, to give me part of the country and to release these sanctions. But it, this thing has been a, a debacle and just heart-wrenching to watch. No doubt about it. It's been, it's been awful. As we look back, Rich Lowry, on the Bernie and Sid show, I mean, all this talk, uh, you know, we were – we were doing so well, I mean, so affluent, so prosperous, that we got into, uh, you know, stupid things like gender fluidity, toxic masculinity, you know, white fragility, all these stupid, idiotic things. And even uh, uh, climate change, which turns out it, that was actually, uh, you know, allowing us, enabling us to commit suicide. Because, yeah. as you know, Rich Lowry, uh, we are actually funding the Russian war effort over there in the Ukraine. I mean, uh, we're sending money back to them, and so is uh, Europe. Uh, so the, the whole climate change and the, and the uh, depending, as gas, by the way, will go into record levels per gallon today, over four, like over $4.11. That would be the record. 
Uh, so what are your thoughts on stopping the Russian oil coming into the United States? I think we should do it, you know, and I, I think we can pump more. I mean, we're in the position of basically that Saudi Arabia used to be, and we, we have access to so much oil and gas now, there's just no excuse. There's no excuse for importing any of the Russia Russian oil. And you're right that th- this is panic over the climate was Vladimir Putin's greatest friend because it drove this idiotic policy in Europe that made Europe dependent on uh, Russian oil and gas. It prompted uh, Germany. They actually did this over panic over the disaster in Japan, but they, they ended their their, uh, their their nuclear program. And it was just, it was obviously foolish and dumb, and everyone told them so, and now that they're, they're reaping the whirlwind. But we, we, apparently there are reports now the Biden administration is considering cutting it off. There's bipartisan congressional legislation to cut it off, and we should. We got plenty of our own oil and gas. Let's Let's drill it, dig it out, process it, and power our own stuff. And buy from Venezuela in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Iran, yeah. Now, quickly, Iran. quickly you, you, you say we should, but do you think we will? Yes or no, quick. I do. You yeah. do. Okay. Uh, let's move now to the threat of nuclear war. At the risk of sounding insensitive, which I'm not. I get it, okay? I don't want to see people dying in the Ukraine. I got Heshi Ogenbaum sending me audio of Jewish people being killed in the streets. I mean, it's terrible. I get all that. But, but let's be honest. We care about what happens right here. San Francisco... New York, Miami, are we in real danger, in your opinion, of a nuclear attack from the Russians here in the United States? No, but I, I think it's something we should be cognizant of now and over the longer term. You know, we have two, two geopolitical competitors now who hate us, China and Russia, who are armed to the teeth with thousands of nuclear weapons. We need the best missile defense that, that we possibly can have. And I, I mentioned this the other week. I urge people just to think about what would you do? You know, where, where would you go in your building? What, what would you be your supply of food and water if the worst came? I don't think it is. I think if you went nuclear... It would be tactical nukes, you know, in in uh, Ukraine or the vicinity. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's going to do that, but I think that would be the that would be the possibility. But but we need we need to be really serious about our defense. I mean, we need to be spending about a trillion dollars in our, our defense. As the threat was growing from Russia and China, we're actually cutting our defense spending. We got the the, the smallest navy and army since World War II. At the same time, the the threat environment was coming the worst it was since the Cold War. That made no sense. And we need to rectify that. Absolutely. We need to spend more money on our military. Things are really, there are dark clouds on the horizon, if you ask me, Rich Lowry. And now this, uh, uh, based on what you said before, I'm assuming, I'm inferring that you are against imposing a no-fly zone in the Ukraine because that would uh, that would directly lead to us, you know, uh, with uh, shooting down uh, Russian airplanes and vice versa and Russian anti-aircraft, uh, you know, uh, armaments on the grounds. What, what is your position on the no-fly zones? Yeah, I oppose it. I mean, it involves – it's an act of direct war against Russia. And, and some people just, they, for some reason, look past that and think it's some antiseptic action. No, you'd be shooting down Russian planes. And even if you establish a no-fly zone, most of what's happening is on the ground. So the way the dynamic of this usually works is you do the no-fly zone – and then, then you basically have responsibility for everything that's happening in the country. So then the, the next call would be, okay, we'll take out the, the multiple rocket launcher that's uh, rocketing this Ukrainian city. And then, then you're in a war over Ukraine. And, and I, I want Putin defeated. I think we should do everything we can possible to support uh, Ukraine. But, but we should not fight a war with Russia over it. Hell no.
Hell no. Uh, Sydney, are you there? I am here. I want to ask you about something Bernie played earlier this morning, which I thought was great. Bernie's great. Uh, he played a cut from Rob O'Neill, the guy that took out Osama bin Laden, and he talked specifically about Lindsey Graham. Uh, I am hoping, I think most of us are rich, you, Bernie, all Americans, that maybe somebody in Putin's cabinet actually takes him out and makes all this go because we know there's lots of folks in and around him that are very upset with what he's doing. Well, Lindsey Graham kind of intimated that for some reason Rob O'Neill was upset. Take a listen to this. As a sitting senator, he shouldn't be saying that. I should be able to say it because, you know, I'm a civilian now. I've done my time. And Lizzie Graham, just like everybody else in Washington, D.C., he's been up there for 30 years or whatever. There are backdoor channels through the Senate Armed Services Committee, which he's on. House Armed Services Committee, something else. You don't need to come out there just to get views. You're not trying to get ratings like a news station. He can do backdoor channels. I disagree with him saying that, but it needs to be implied through backdoor channels. But, I mean, something needs to happen. You know, I know Lindsey Graham. I wish I knew what he was thinking. You know, lately there's been a lot of people on Capitol Hill, both sides of the aisle, that don't really know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's upset about there and trying to figure it out. I say it on the air all the time, so does Bernie. Have one of Putin's guys take him out. Why do you think Rob O'Neill got so upset? Yeah, it's a little, it seems a little contradictory there, too. He's saying, well, right. this would be great if this happened, and let's back-channel it, but Lindsey shouldn't say it out, out loud. And you know, maybe he shouldn't, you know, as a sitting senator, because it gives Putin uh, propaganda. But I, I heard Lindsey the other night and Hannity defending himself, and it just made perfect sense. You know, it, this is probably not, not going to happen, at least not soon or on our timetable, time but it would be the, the cleanest option for ending this thing, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to wage yeah. a war over Russia to, to end it. You don't have to immiserate the Russian people to end it, you just have someone take Putin out, you know, and, and assassinations and coups, they can go wrong, you know, who knows what would happen in Russia, but it would have the potential to uh, end this, this misery in Ukraine, this horror in Ukraine, and make the Russian people better off. So I, I, don't, I don't see what the moral outrage is over it, and, and he has no standing. You know, Putin, I mean, he's basically a war criminal now, you know, so why is everyone so upset about the idea of, of him suffering what Ukrainian civilians are suffering now at his hands? It would be the ideal solution, uh, taking out this, uh, this barbarian. Rich Lowry on the Bernie and Sid Show. Rich, uh, uh, segueing to a different topic right now, this uh, New York Post columnist, her name is Carol Markowitz. She actually left New York City because of the, uh, well, because of the mask mandates. Her kids going to school, having to wear masks. Uh, that was the, the impetus for her to leave. Among other things, the place falling apart. But she now has a column out, and she's demanding, she's urging that we hold all the politicians and uh, some of these policymakers in government, like Dr. Fauci, hold them accountable and force them to apologize for all the things they got wrong. It seems like they got every damn thing wrong as we, uh, you know, come out of this pandemic. What are your thoughts on that? You know, she's, she's great. I, I love her stuff. Uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, they're never going to apologize. Um, but th- this should be a major focus of, of investigation, I think, when Republicans take the House. So how did the CDC come up with this guidance that was different than the rest of the world that made no sense, that wasn't supported by the science, that that prompted so many schools all around the country to mask young kids when there's just no reason to do it. And now everyone's admitting it was insane, the same same way they finally admitted about school closures. So, yeah, bang on these people, uh, call them out, call on them to apologize, but but they're they're never going to do it. The SNL had a great skit the other day, by the way. Did you catch this? I guess it was last weekend uh, with, no. with liberals having uh, at dinner, realizing that, you know, maybe they didn't need to wear masks 
anymore oh. and just utterly panicked and horrified over the prospect. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. All right, which on the way out, we'll uh, get a little lighter on the topic. We started with Roboumps and Major League Baseball. You're a diehard Yankee fan. Me and uh, Bernie are diehard Met fans. Excited about Max Scherzer getting baseball going. But it's starting to look really, really bad. And after their last talk a couple of days ago, they're saying now they're further away from getting this done than they were a week ago. Have any predictions on when, if, and are you upset about it? Uh, I'm upset about it. I haven't followed it too much. I don't, I don't like sports labor disputes. They always strike me as really boring. But they're morons. I mean, they're morons. Oh they're millionaires God. and billionaires. They got this game. That's a great game, but it is in decline. You know, it has a lot of problems. And to, to cancel part of the season over, you know, this, splitting up this this enormous bounty, you know, they can't just split the difference. It's, it's uh, crazy. That's a perfect, perfect way to say it. You should put that in the New York Post. Quote, unquote, Rich Lowry, they're morons. <laughs> it can apply to a lot of different people, Sid. <laughs> well, you are right about that. But not you, my friend. You are no moron. You're a genius, and we love having you on Monday morning. So thank you so much for the good appearance, and have a great week. All right. Thanks, fellas. Have a great week. Thank you. Rich. All right. Take care. The great Rich Lowry, editor of the National Review, also Politico NBC. He does it all. 